where are we going? We going into Lowe's Championship Rounds, mother father. Thank you for listening to Lowe's Championship Rounds. I'm your host, Juan Ramirez. And today's guest in episode one is Jacob Stitch Duran. How's it going, Jacob? Hey, man. Thanks for having me here. You know, I've been involved with a lot of historical moments. Uh, Los Championship Rounds, brother. Glad to be part of it. And, uh, you know, I know you're going to do well in, your, in your, uh, your program. So anything I can do to help. But, man, I'm doing great, brother. I'm in Atlanta. Uh, I'm here filming Creed 3. And uh, so uh, it's I got here. My wife and I got here Monday. And uh, we filmed, and these guys are putting in 12, 14 hours a day, man. So today was a day of relaxation. And uh, 6.30 in the morning, I hit the road again. Wow, wow. So I know when we do fights, it's a lot of uh, hurry up and wait type of moments. Can, you, can this kind of be a little bit of the same? I mean, being on, on set for a movie? Uh, it's, it's a lot worse. <laughs> I <hate to> <laughs> Hey, man, I'm glad I'm not an actor. I've been in like seven movies, right? One, but yeah. I'm not an actor and I, I can't do this on a full time basis. But brother, we're putting in 12, 14 hours a day, you know, and and 12 of those hours, uh, you're just sitting and waiting because every time they change the scene, you got to change the cameras, the lighting and and the, the extras, the fans, you got all that. And so you just sit there and, and wait for uh, the next take. But you know, to be involved in a Creed movie, you know, especially I've been involved with Creed 1, Creed 2, and Creed 3. Uh, for me, it's an honor. I mean, how can I complain, you know, yeah, to yeah. be there 12 hours a day and, and doing nothing and filming for two, you know? So so I've been blessed, bro. No, 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 that, that's good. I mean, like you said, I mean, that's a, it's kind of going into the, I mean, goes into the Rocky tradition. I mean, just to be a part of that legacy, it, it's it's an awesome experience. So you're you're really working with hundreds of extras and just, a lot of people that are on stage then with you. Yeah. Yeah. They got all the extras and, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a full blown production, man. You know, it's Hollywood at its finest. And, and you're right. You know, you brought up, you know, kind of like the Hollywood or the, the Balboa type of scenario. And, and it started, you know, with Balboa, you know, it started with uh, uh, Rocky training Adonis, you know, and Rocky retired and now Adonis comes in and, you know, he continues his career. And, uh, but yeah, it's uh it's part of the the legacy, and like uh, I was telling the guys, you know what Mick was to Rocky, stitches to Adonis. Yes. You know, I'm the I'm the Mick for Adonis, but you know, Michael told me man three years ago one where I'm wrapping his hands and uh, we're doing Creed too, right? And I'm telling him how proud I am of him and Ryan Coogler who wrote directed Creed and Black Panther and uh, Tessa the the actress uh, that's married to Adonis and. And uh, Steve Kappel, the director, the last one, how proud I was of him. Man, he looked at me like this, like I'm looking at you. And he says, Stitch, we were being actors to writers, producers, directors. And he looks at me like this one and says, I'm directing Creed 3, and you're with me as long as you want. I yeah. said, my man. So, wow, to, you know, awesome moment. my first, uh, I got here Monday. And, um, you know, I started shooting Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, but I see Mike, he gives me a big hug. He says, man. It's been eight years, you know, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I love. Time flies or oh, eight years. So eight years since the first creed. Yeah. Eight years. yeah. Wow. Wow. It's been, uh, it seems and, like and then, you know, yeah. Statistically wise, we're talking cause I'm working with Wood Harris. Wood Harris came out a lot of, uh, uh, the wire and just a lot of, a lot of movies, He's done a whole bunch. And, uh, and I'm telling him, I said, you know, Wood, you 
Michael, Tessa, uh, Felicia Rashad, and myself are the only ones that have been in all three of the Creed movies. Yeah. So they're actors. For them, it's, it's but listen, I, this is out of my element. But for me to be involved in uh, such a powerful uh, story, uh, man, how can I complain, Juan? You know, uh, I'm proud of doing what I do. And I think one of the things that we have seen in, in, in recent years, and even with Creed, is the them bringing in, you know, commentators, uh, cut men, people that are, are involved in the sport to be a part of the movie. And that just makes the movie a whole lot more like real. It's just like you're watching that, you know, Adonis fighting. You, you're thinking that, you know, you're watching an HBO Showtime, you know, pay-per-view and stuff. So it brings a new element and I, and I like it. I think the fans, as a fan, I, I'm enjoying those movies. Um, I don't know how you, what you think about it, but I think it just brings a, a different element to to these films. No, it does. And, <clears throat> you know, like I told uh, Ryan Coogler, the director uh, that wrote it uh, on the first Creed, I said, you know, Ryan, because he's from Oakland also. And, and the way I got to be in this movie is he worked with Andre Ward. Andre Ward was in the movie also, but they worked together, trained in Oakland. And uh, he's the one that says bring Stitch in. But when we got here, I told Ryan, I said, look, man, if I see something that's not legit, I'm going to bring it up to your attention because you're representing my sport. And he said, no, nah, Stitch, please do. We want you to do that. So even today or Wednesday when I got to set for the first time, Michael's telling the, the, the crew that Stitch is the guru. You know, if you have any questions, go ask him. If you have uh, yeah. any, anything, go ask him for anything. He'll advise you on what's, what's the right thing to do. You know, but yeah, like I told them, they know, you know, that I'm here and I look at all the little things, Juan, just I want to make sure it's done right. And uh, so far, they're doing a great job. I, I, I see your point. I mean, because we've seen it, you know, as, as, a, as a fellow cut man. I mean, we've seen so many things. Even last night I was working a, a, a show and, you know, we were done with our, our, our fourth round and, and the boxer was just kind of there. And I go, I, I took off his wraps and I go play to the crowd, get out there. You know, as soon as he went out there, the crowd went wild, you know, but it's those yeah. little things I think that we've seen because we've seen it so many times uh, during fights that uh, make a difference. And so, yeah, the, having your expertise there, I'm sure it's going to make the film another success. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. You're talking about this young man. And, and that's what I tell all these young guys is, <clears throat> is you're in a business where marketing is as important as you fighting Correct. because you can make a lot of money on sponsorships mm -hmm. but what you got to do is you got to sell yourself to the public and i tell them i said look for every fan you get on your side it's like a dollar in your pocket so you know use it as a benefit and yeah. you know these people went crazy with this kid that's for one reason because they like him yeah right now you start getting the exposure and you start getting tv time and you know you represent whatever product you're working on and Correct. but it's it's a business you know yeah. and so yeah we do the movie yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah. I can't it's wait. Good. Is there a release date yet, or not? Not yet. No. In the past, it's been right around Thanksgiving. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm expecting the same because the times I've shot have been, you know, February, mm -hmm. March, yeah. and we're doing the same thing again here. So I would expect around Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. And I think the first Rocky. I, I think this was some trivia that was up. On the radio, the, I think the first Rocky release maybe on Christmas Day. I think yeah. that's what I, what I heard. So it's a it's a great holiday movie. Um, well, let, let's change uh, things up a little bit. I I wanted to ask you. 
you know, I mean, you're, you're at a, you're filming, you're doing Hollywood right now, but can you think back to your first, the first time you stepped in that ring in a professional boxing uh, match? Do you remember that day and how you felt and yeah. look at yourself now where you're at? And I mean, uh, you know, I mean, tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good question. Nobody's ever asked that question, you know? So I'll go back to square one where, yeah. When when I got out of the military, uh, out of the Air Force, where I was stationed in Thailand, where I studied the Muay Thai system, you know, for that year I was there. When I got to Oakland, I got transferred to Oakland with R.J. Reynolds uh, Tobacco Company. I, I got into boxing to improve my hands and uh, went to King's Gym and, and Ice Pack. Pete Alvarado is the one that brought me into the, 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 the world of boxing because I just wanted to learn how to box because so I, I had elbows you know I had the, the elbows the knees yeah. and you know that all that already locked in but the hands were something that I could improve on but so we started working with amateur fighters and I remember the first fight I worked that's a good point man he brought back a memory <clears throat> was in Hayward California Jim McCullough was an old veteran trainer and uh, I'm working a fight with Chapo Vargas that actually Chapo Vargas lives here in Atlanta so I, I got a hook up with him he was our first Golden Glove champ, <clears throat> but I'm working the corner and I'm going like this, bam, 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 like this, a chinga, I'm going a chinga, man, and I'm working as fast as I can. And he comes in and he's laughing. He goes, hey, 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 relax, relax. One minute is a long time. Never forget that. And uh, so that was my first experience walking into a ring like that. My first world title fight was with Tony the Tiger Lopez from Sacramento, California. When I left uh, Oakland, when I moved from Oakland, I moved to Fairfield, where uh, I opened up my school of kickboxing, and it was 50 miles away from Sacramento, where Tony lived. So my first world title fight was with him against Julio Cesar Chavez in Monterey, Mexico. And being that baseball was something that I loved so much, it was in a baseball stadium. So you walk out, and it was just phenomenal. So that was my first experience, man. And I'm sure it was it was packed, jam packed. Fifty thousand people. Wow. Yeah, 50,000 50, people, man. Who was? How old were you when you had your first champion? I worked the championship corner. Uh, do you remember around <coughs> what age were you uh, and who it was with? Well, you're talking about amateur or no the professional, professional fighter. Your first major. Yeah. Well, you know when when I uh, I started in kickboxing. Mm -hmm. But yes, my yes, of course, I had many world champions in kickbox. But Dennis Alexio, uh, if you remember uh, the movie Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme, well, yes. the brother that was in the wheelchair is an actual kickboxer. Was at this day before I met MMA guys was the best athlete that I ever saw in my life. They retired his number in high school for football and baseball. And nobody does that, right? But great, great fighter. So I started working with him. What happened is when I, I just moved to Fairfield and in Vacaville, they had a, a Tonset hut where they had equipment, gym equipment. So I started training there, not knowing anything, but I'm slamming the bag with kicks. Bam, bam, and bam, bam, and bam. And Dennis Alexio's at the other side and he comes up to me and cause he's saying, yeah, those aren't your normal kicks. Right. <laughs> so we started working together and I started training them, but I worked many fights with them and Ray Ordonio and Chai Smith and, a lot of guys and Scott, Co I mean, uh, Javier Mendes worked with him. Awesome. You know, yeah, when he was with uh, Scott, Co we used to fight under Scott Coker's promotion. Yeah. And now, you know, he went from there to Strike Force and from Strike Force, he went to Bellator. So, yeah, yeah. good question. A lot, of history. Man. A, lot, a lot of history. I get, 
and you know sometimes you look at fights and you and you see older fights and you see a lot of like you know even if we look at Eddie Reynoso yeah uh, people may think like he just you know all of a sudden he became you know uh trainer of the year but they've been putting a lot of work I mean you see the fights you know back from the 90s and you know they were in those corners he was in there with his father and all so it's it's uh, interesting to see the history you know the history yeah. you have with the with Mendes with the, you know with with them it's not it was Scott Coker this is you yeah. know years and years of knowing them and being in the trenches with them you know yeah. as they were growing you were growing so that's a very good uh that's interesting that that you have that history with them it's it's, it's yeah you're at, <clears throat> that's a good point because we were <clears throat> excuse me we were all growing together that's yeah. that nobody's ever thrown that out but uh if you know my history scott's history javier menace's history yeah we all grew up together you know i didn't train javier but when he fought on scott's cards and of course i had my fighters i would always work as his cut man and like frida gibbs she was we're talking about it today she was a world champion i think she's from somewhere in georgia here yeah. uh but she was fighting on her for getting santa cruz it was a tv fight and i was gonna be her cut man and and this other trainer pulls a ringside satin jacket out and he puts it on and, and it's all wrinkled and all that. And I looked at him and I said, no, you can't wear that. <laughs> you know, this girl's fighting for a world title. She's defending the world title. It's on TV and you can't embarrass her. I made him take it off. Oh. And you know that. You know, Mike, Mike, you. Ba Mike Basil's here. He's, he's already saying, man, you even got me ironing my shirts now. You know, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's one of the things. Hey, but, presentation, man. We were, it's funny because last night we were talking about that. One of my Cutman uh, friends also, he got himself, he made a custom jacket. You know, he said he spent yeah. about 300 bucks, you know, got his logos on it. But I go, you know what? This is Marky. I go, Marky, you know what? You look sharp, bro. It looks yeah. good. I go, it makes a big difference for you to present yourself in a professional manner. I mean, you know, especially oh, MMA too, but boxing, you can't go out there and look, you know, all wrinkly, wrinkly and it, stuff like that. No, no, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it's different because in... MMA opposed to boxing, they use different materials. Yes. You know, the cottons and all that, mm -hmm. you know, boxing, a lot of the satins. And yes. yeah, satin looks ugly when it's wrinkled, bro. <laughs> right. So, so that, so. Yeah, no, no, that's, uh, that's interesting. But yeah. what do you, I mean, do you remember that moment when you said, you know what, I'm destined to be a cut man? When, when did that moment hit? Because, I mean, you were training people. You were, um, you know, you were training yourself. You did Thailand. You, you know, you learned from a lot of people out there. But when will when did that moment say, you know what? I want to make the difference as a cut man. Uh, so you'd be very good at this. Is your first show, bro? This is my first one, man. <laughs> but you know what? You you understand the game, right? And and you understand what fans want to hear, you know. And uh, and I got stories, man. So I'm sure we'll be doing multiple yes. uh, uh, Zooms together, man, because I want to tell my story. In fact, they're filming a documentary on my life. Right, right yeah. now as we speak. So uh, the stories that I have, but hell, I'm bragging so much. I forgot what you asked. You know? No, no, no. The question is, when did you? Uh, yeah. No, you when, were destined, it, destined for yeah. this. Uh, you know, it just it, it happened in kickboxing. You know, like say Pete Alvarado, Ice Pack, uh, is the one that got me involved in in boxing, and it was the amateur fights. And uh, but as I was. As I had my school, I was working with kickboxers. I started working with some boxers out of Sacramento, and Will Legington was the premier cut man from the Sacramento area at that time. Older gentleman, 
And I remember he was wrapping hands and I'd be at the other side just looking at him. And in those days, nobody would teach him, yeah. right? Will Edgerton was a good guy. He never said nothing, but he knew that I was, but I always stayed in the back. And I remember I did a, a show in Richmond, California. I, I went to watch a show and this guy did a good job on cuts. And I went and said, hey, you did a good job on cuts. I had my school of kickboxing at that time. Yeah. I'm learning to be a cut man. Can you tell me what you did? He says, F you. I'm taking this to my grave and you got to learn like me. And he walked away. So I'd never be, never be, be, be like that. But it, uh, you know, that's, that's a good question, man. I, when I moved to Vegas, I've been in Las Vegas 26 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came solely to be a cut man. So at that stage, I was already recognized in kickboxing at the world level. Yeah. Uh, not only as, as a trainer, but also as a cut man and also in wrapping hands. So, you know, at that point, I had my own school of kickboxing that I opened up with a credit card one. And keep in mind, I had a I had a, a, a eight to five job, a corporate job with RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company. So after work, I'd go and open up the gym and do the gym till about nine at night. And but I had kids and adults and yeah. and five, you know. Uh, but I, I think when it really hit me was, and people always say, "How'd you get your name?" Well. I, Dennis Electro fought in Vallejo, California, and, and his sparring partner, Dave Rooney, also fought. And I was working Dave's fight, and he ended up with a cut. As I look at cuts now, it, it was a small cut, but nonetheless, my first time, it's a cut. So mm-hmm. I had no medications or nothing, but I saw, so I put pressure on it, and, and you know, he went through, and then I saw that they would get tape and cut little pieces of, of tape and make butterflies. So I, I did two of those. And he says, "Ah, oh, you save me from going to the hospital. I'm gonna you. You save me from getting stitches. I'm gonna call you Stitch." Wow. And that's where the name came. But yeah, I you know it, it took a lot of courage, Juan, for me to put in for a job transfer with R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company to go to Las Vegas. I waited and waited and waited. The company was downsizing, mm-hmm. and I knew it was gonna come. And they called me one day and says, "Hey, man, there's an opening in Las Vegas, uh, but you gotta be there in a week." And I, I can't be there in a week. You know, I talked to the manager and he gave me two weeks. I swear, man, in two weeks, I transferred my school to a, a, one of my top students, Randy Bassart, <clears throat> put my family in a U-Haul, sold my house and drove like nine miles to Las Vegas. Uh, and then I took like a $25,000 year cut and pay. So my yeah. family supported me at that time. It was only boxing. Yeah. And, uh, but at that point, I, I had the confidence to know that I could hang with the big boys. At least I thought I could hang. Yeah. Right. And so when I got to Las Vegas, I went there solely as a, as a, as a um, cut man, because I thought all the great trainers were in Las Vegas, right. Yeah. Boxing capital of the world, but I'm in the gyms and I'm watching these guys do pads. And I said, man, I could do that. And I could do that. And, and I started training guys, but I had an eight to five job. So mm. I couldn't give you 150%. Uh, so I'd be working and, and, and I'd get a phone call. Or I'd, I'd sneak into the gym during my lunch hour, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And if I got a call from a customer, I'd run out. Jacob, Eddie would stop and laugh at me because I'd be like this. Hello, Jacob here. We're running out because you don't want to hear the. And But yeah, I, my, my coming out fight uh, where I really felt on the worldwide scale was Raul Marquez fought Keith Mullins. in oh, yeah. uh, Oscar Deloya, I think, fought Delo, uh, Camacho. Okay. This was at the time of the Mac. Raul ended up with cuts oh, here, cuts here, everywhere. cuts here. 
And I kept him in the game. He won the title, the fight, won the championship. And uh, Chuck Bodak, the legendary Chuck Bodak, uh, came to me and says, you did a great job. He was the first one to welcome me in. Rafael Garcia, that worked with uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Miguel Diaz, uh, they all welcomed me into Vegas. And <clears throat> at that point, I, I felt comfortable knowing that uh, uh, I could work with the big boys. You, were, you and, were in there, yeah. Yeah, but even training. You know, I couldn't train full time, but they would hire me to do pads. You know, so <clears throat> I, th that I could do because, you know, put an hour of work, go, go back to work and all that. So I, I did pads for a long time. Did pads for Mike Tyson, worked with Johnny Tapia and <clears throat> the legendary uh, Mike McCallum and so many guys. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned that, um, you know, being around some of these, you know, other great cut men, it, it, it makes a difference, I believe, because even like when you see young boxers and they're on a big, a bigger car, let's say they get to top rank or they get to, uh, you know, uh, one of those events, I think yeah. it kind it gives them a boost in confidence. I don't know if you've seen it, you know, but it's uh, it's something that you can tell right away, you know, like, wow, you know, they feel like, man, I made it to this level. Yeah. It kind of gives them that boost, that little, you know, the little uh, pep in their step. You know, it's a, it's just a good feeling. So I can, you know, just <clears> like <throat> us, cut man, once we get to certain places, it gives sure. us that, you know, that confidence, I think, for, for fighters, too. Have you noticed that also with, with some of these fighters that, you know, when you work with them, you know, when you're in their corner, They've seen you thousands of times on TV, but now you're yeah. with them. Uh, a change in, in their, you know, their her whole attitude, just having you that corner, that confidence. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I've had guys that are just thrilled. Oh, snitch, man! Boom, boom, boom. And yeah, <clears throat> I remember. <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Vidal Riley, that that trained KSI. Uh, he did his pro debut at the MGM, and I worked with him. And, uh, and the guys in the other corner, I saw him after the fight in the hallway. And the guy says, oh, man, when I saw Stitch in the corner, I know we we're going to lose. You know, so even even those guys, you know, look at it that way. And and but, you know, and and in our reality, when you and, and you break it down into realism, one. All right. What what creates that? Right. OK, well, yeah, the experience I've had and all that. But it the fighter that's fighting in the team that's fighting against them, it gives them the impression that what. These guys know what they're doing because they hire mm -hmm. good people. You see what yes. I'm saying? Yes. And and there's so many, there's so many guys in boxing that don't really know how to take care of fighters. And uh, to me, I think that's that's a shame. And yeah, you know, but I say that combat sports, kickboxing, boxing, bare knuckle fights, all of them, as long as you're throwing chingazos, none of us have to be certified to be considered professionals, exactly. cut men, trainers conditioners none of us have to be considered every other major sport uh you have to you have to be certified i'm talking about certification yes and i remember uh, hearing rob rob monroe uh cut man one saying you know we've seen so many you know in the U being in the ufc and i'm sure you can attest to this is just just being in the ring in the cage you've seen so many different um cuts bleeding so it's just another day in the office you yeah know, for you it's not your first time seeing you know, a, a split down the, you know, down the forehead or, or multiple cuts. You've been there, done that. And it's, just, you know, it's showtime. It's showtime for you. So I think that's one of the, the, the things that, you know, teams, when they bring in a, you know, a, a cut man with experiences, it's a very good addition to the team because 
they don't yeah. got to worry about that part of it anymore. So yeah. that's, that's and then, true. And, and then, and then it lets, you know, then you understand that they know what they're doing. Yes. You know, they're bringing in a guy that says I'm a cut man and he puts a swab here or <laughs> he puts a swab there. You know, right. uh, I've seen too many other guys and then right. they get cut. Then there's an issue, but yeah. uh, you know, like you, you know, you and I have done, Valator together. You've worked MMA shows, and you still do MMA shows. If guys that I recommend, like yourself, uh, I recommend them because they have MMA experience. If they were only boxing, uh, yeah. then the chances of working cuts. You know, we work cuts all the time in, in MMA. You know that you work them as they work. So those are the ones that get my preference when and, it and comes. You know, to that, that's a good point, and and I think maybe touching on that for guys that want to get involved in, you know, in the cutman profession, that's a good gateway. Um, if you can add to, I mean, getting into the MMA, even whether it be amateur MMA, you know, cause a lot of these amateur MMAs are doing 10, 15 fights a night, maybe yeah. more. So how, do you feel like that's the avenue? If, if a young up and coming cutman wants to get that experience or then. Well, you definitely gotta, yeah, you definitely got to do that. But you know, I get requests like that all the time. Uh, people are messaging me and they want to be a cut man. They're a paramedic or they're a nurse and all that. And I said, all that is fine and dandy. But in reality, here's what you have to do. You got to spend hours and days and weeks and months and years in the gym, yes. working with these fighters, understanding these fighters, uh, understanding what the pain feels like, where it feels like. And at that same time, you're, you're wrapping hands and you're, you're showing them, you're learning on different fighters because different fighters have different hands. You have different wraps, right? You know that. Right. So that you got to put your dues in and then at the same token, start working the corners. Maybe you have to carry the bucket, you know, uh, and then you make that transition and and uh, you grow from there, but it's 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 not easy. And then, yeah. you know, I tell, I tell people one real quick is that I tell them if you do it for the money, you do it for the wrong reasons. Uh, you got to have a passion for what we do. Exactly. No, no, you're right. <laughs> you have to have that passion. It's a lot of road work. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, from personal experience, I can tell you I've put in hundreds <laughs> of thousands of miles, uh, you know, on, uh, on my car traveling you know, and, and uh, you know, from up and down California, you know. So, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of work. So I think that's excellent advice for these up and coming cut men is just get as much experience as you can build yeah. your name and build your reputation, you know, yeah. um, stay professional at all times. I think those are, those are tips. And I think you brought this up uh, to me before. I mean, you only recommend people that, you know, are, you know, that are solid, not only yeah. in and out in, in the ring, but outside the ring as well. I'm sure it's a big difference. Yeah. You know, like uh, Mike Basil just came into town. He did a, him and Jamie Huey did the fights in Tulsa. And Mike, Mike was telling me how, uh, Jamie's a team player and man, he's in there all the way to, to the end. You know, some guys, if you tell them, Hey man, you know, you're done. No, can I go? You know, they, that's not the attitude to have. You got to enjoy doing it and, and you got to love working with these fighters. Yeah, yeah exactly. You can't be like, I'm doing one yeah. fight and I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you gotta get, yeah, you're right. man. That, that's and, and, and there's, and there's a couple guys that have gone through those motions with me and I haven't called. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, Cause it's not fair. It's not fair to the fighters. You know that. And I know that, you know, if you give him 60% and he needed at least 70 to win, uh, you failed him, you know, know so you gotta be there. And, and even, <clears throat> you know, even after the fight, I mean, 
to be there for support or even to clean them up, maybe after a tough loss or, or a tough fight, just to be there to, you know, throw that Antoine an ice bag or just to be there just to, you know, put your hand on their shoulder uh, makes a big difference. I mean, that, that's, that's you going 110% and showing that you're there for more than the pickup of, you know, a check. You're there because, you know, you actually care about yeah, yeah. and the sport, you know, so. No, you're right, man. In fact, I said it at the, at the filming Friday uh, with Her Wood Harris and, and the people we're filming with that, uh, you know, gladiators, they're, they're modern day gladiators, but deep inside they're babies. Right. And, and we have to take care of the baby. And, and let me give you a good example that every time I tell this story, it gives me chills. But when Vladimir Klitschko fought Anthony Joshua in Wembley Stadium, 90,000 Brits, uh, I don't see him to the weigh-in. But I talked to him because I've been with him like 10 years. So he knows, you know, him and Vitaly, I'm there to cover him. And uh, right at the end, man, as I'm leaving uh, after the weigh-ins, uh, I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, look, don't worry about nothing tomorrow. I'm going to take care of you like you're my son. And I leave. And one of the next day, uh, putting the final Vaseline on him right before Michael Buffer does the announcements in front of all these millions of people. And he looks at me and says, I mean, we're this far apart. Why? Yeah. Well, he's, he's six, six, eight. So he's, but he's looking at me and I'm putting the Vaseline on him. And he says, you could call me son. Bro, that kind of blew me away. Yeah, but yeah, that just kind of it, it let me know what that's the way he feels. So I saw him months, months later in Germany. And I said, Vladimir, I got to ask you about that moment. Why? He's a stitch. There's very few people I trust in my life. You are one of them. Wow. See, so yeah. th that's what I'm saying. When you get it, you know, they're babies. You, under, you have to understand that. And you got to take care of the gladiator as well as the baby. You know, I've had guys where I've rapped and you probably have done it also where they start crying. Oh, you know, just, you know, uh, give them emotions. There's a lot of emotions. Yeah, of course. It, hey, man, it's Eddie Mustafa Muhammad said, the ultimate goal of a fighter is to render his opponent unconscious. Now you break it down, that means, plain and simple, your best win is by knockout. That's right. And yeah. knockout could create long-term damage. Yeah. Interesting, huh? That is very interesting. I know that yeah. um, even uh, I, was hear I heard something similar from... Uh, I heard something similar. I mean, he just said, you know, this is not a nice sport. You know, when you're yeah. in there, there's really yeah. no, you know, the, the Mr. Nice Guy, you need to leave him outside the ring because once you're in there and that bell rings, yeah. you know, there's nothing nice about it. You know, you got to get in there and, and that opponent's in the way of you getting to that next level, that title fight, the next, you know, yeah. paycheck. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a different, um, it's, it's one of those sports where <laughs> there is a team, you know, the fighter, you know, they're in there alone. And after, you know, if let's say they take a loss the feeling of loneliness is just, you know, that, that's why it's so important for, for cut man and, you know, the corner to be there with them because they feel like they let everybody down. You know, they, yeah. not, not only, I don't even know if they feel bad for themselves. They just feel bad that they may have let their coach, their wife, their, you know, their kids, their friends, yeah. most people down. So yeah, that, that's something that, um, as you mentioned, you know, just we're, it's more being a cut man is more than just, you know, showing up is just being there and, and being there for the for the team and for the fighter. Yeah, I agree. Good point. So, Stitch, I mean, you've been in arenas all over the world. You know, uh, I'm sure you started off at arenas yeah. just like all of us. You know, 
Maybe we're warming up in a bar. Yeah. Got know, a, on the back I'll, of a bar, there's broken glass on the floor. Yeah. You can yeah. hear people this and that smoke. You went from that to being <laughs> in the biggest arenas, the biggest events in the world. What has been one of your favorite, favorite venues to work and, and this whole, and your whole career? Well, venues, uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's not so, ah, it's a good question, man. It's so, so many. Well, yeah. the Tokyo Dome, my first trip to Japan with Josh Barnett, he fought in the Tokyo Dome and it holds like 90,000 people. And of course, baseball was something that I aspired to, yes. to continue with. Right. So I walk into the Tokyo dome and, and I look up and I see people all the way up on top and I'm looking and I think, man, you got a little kid from Planada that's right in the middle of all these people. They all came by to see this, this area where I'm at. And that really struck me as, as, as a pretty powerful moment, but I've been in, you know, Madison Square Garden, of course, you know, the documentary that they're filming is called From the Fields to the Garden because oh, nice. I grew up as a farm worker, as you know yeah. that, right? One? And then my goal was to make it to Madison Square Garden. So they've already, they filmed Javier Mendez and, and, and uh, yeah, and Cain Velasquez and they're going to get Triple G and, you know, they, they want to get Andre Ward and, uh, but they're going to be interviewing Michael B. Jordan uh, here while we're doing some filming and then they're done, but uh, I'll let you know how things oh, progress. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And uh, so we got that, but yeah. But what, what, is, what does 2022 have in store for you? I mean, any, um, you got already lined up uh, some, some fights or, or how's 2022 yeah. looking for you? Well, it's, it started off in a bang, man. You know, I've been blessed to do these uh, top rank shows. Uh, you know, we started off in the bubbles and then when the bubble broke for the most part where these promotions are traveling now, Top rank figured out that it would economically be better for them and it would be better for the fighters uh, if top rank furnished professional cut men like they do in MMA. They continue that process and Mike and Jamie worked all 10 fights last night. So, yeah, you know, that's that's the program that's being followed. And, you know, from there, you just continue going. But I don't know, you know, I got this movie here and uh I was in Dubai for Thanksgiving. You know, that was a change where they want me to uh, come back. I think with Badu Jack. Uh, I've been just finished with Joe Smith. He just defended his world title. But also is uh, there's a group that's trying to put together, formulate a union for boxing, for combat sports, Correct. where there's going to be health benefits and there's going to be advisory committees that, you know, these poor guys, they have nothing, you know, and... So I'm working on that. And then no telling what kind of fights are coming up. You just, I don't know. You know, things just happen. You know, como dice la raza, apenas nos andamos calentando. I'm just forming up. Things just happen. They do. I mean, you get that call. You never know when something happens. Yeah, Uh, I've been real blessed. Yeah, no, definitely. No, that's a great blessing. Um, Any advice you have for any up and coming cut, man? Um, you know, that want to get started or already involved in some type of combat sport? Yeah, you know what? I always open my doors to anybody, you know, and I, I think, you know, with your website, cutmenforhire.com, I think I had mentioned it before that you ought to have a chat room where guys could ask us questions, you know, and then we educate them 
as as they they go because I'm willing to do that. I've always done that because uh, years ago when I I still lived in I had my school kickboxing in Fairfield, Marvis Frazier fought, fought Bone Crusher Smith in Richmond, California, and I was learning to be a cut man. And I get there and guys doing a good job on a cut and. I ask him after the fights, I say, hey, you did a good job. Can you tell me what you did? If you I'm taking it to my grave. I'll never be like him. So, yeah, you know, uh, I'll be uh, glad to answer as many questions as I can to get the guys on the right track to take care of these uh, of these, uh, yeah. these fighters. That's our number one goal, Juan. You know that. Yeah, and I, and I know that we, we you know, uh, we do get some of those questions. And yeah. you're, you're very accessible. Um, you know, if, if, if I get those questions for you, we send them over. And yeah. get right back at them. So it's it's really good to keep that. Um, I guess you know the for them to have that that support from from you know senior yep. cut man or cut man that have been in the in the in the game a little bit longer. I mean that that really helps out. So definitely, yeah. and that's a great uh, idea. Now we brought it up about having some type of community, and that's something that we look forward to. And hopefully, in in episodes to come, we can um, go ahead and get some of those questions and and chat about them here. You know, and answer yeah, some of them. Of course. That'd be a good so, thing. So, you know, this, good thing. you know, your listeners, you got a question. It don't even have to be cut, man. Just anybody. Yeah. You know, exactly. and just open up chats because, you know, I like talking of, about things that are beyond just throwing yeah. blows. You know, what gets these guys to this position? Because mm -hmm. their stories alone, our stories alone are are different than any uh, than other people's because we're in a different, we're in a combat sport, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh but, you know, the, we get to see the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat and all that uh, and travel the world. So, yeah, uh, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's um, that's true. I mean, it's just it's a great experience. And like you said, getting to know so many people worldwide. I mean, I'm sure you've had the uh, opportunity. Like you said Japan, uh, yeah. Sa Saudi, Saudi Arabia. You've been all over the world. And just to get to talk to a lot of people have similar, you know, whether it be, you know, we have a, something in common, whether it be, you know, boxing or MMA or helping fighters. It, it's a yeah. great feeling to be able to connect to, to them worldwide. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's beautiful. You know, I mean, I'm having dinner over here with my wife and Mike Basil and this guy recognizes me, you know, and uh, uh, we're having, my wife and I were having dinner last night and we're sitting next to these, this, this couple and turns out we start talking and the guy's been a cop for 26 years and, and uh, his, his friend's girlfriend is a judge. And oh. she'll Saying, well, you know, I, I work with trouble kids on Friday. Yeah. We have this and this. And maybe you'd be able to talk to them. And uh, I said, yeah, but I'll be filming. Uh, but I looked at my schedule today and I figured I'm off this coming Friday. So I'm going to contact her. And if she wants me to go talk to the kids, I could do that. So, yeah, it just a hey, thing just happened. You know, I'm the kind of guy where um, I'm blessed to do what I do and and if anybody gives me some kind of offer, if they could, you know, if I could help them out and help me out, it's done. That's you know, it, it's fun doing those things. Yes, yes. Giving back's definitely, you know, yeah. something. We're almost done with the interview, Stitch, but I wanted to, I have a segment here on um, those championship rounds called 12 rounds in 60 seconds. So I throw out some questions. You just give me the well, first thing that comes to your mind, all right? All right. Let's just shoot for it, man. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. Well, these hey, are, well, this is a PG show, so okay, we're not going right, to throw go. anything too crazy out there, right? All right, good. Let's go for all it. Right, so here we go. Favorite fight movie? Uh, Creed 1, 2, and 3. Okay. <laughs> the, the ones I was in. Tacos, adobada, asada, or tripa? 
Ah, tripas, I love tripas. Uh, uh, dream car. Uh, I've always wanted a Porsche, uh, 911. Nice, okay. Uh, favorite city for fights? Uh, Rio de Janeiro. A guilty pleasure? Uh, sweets, I love sweets. Favorite all-time movie? Uh, Major League. Well, Major League, The Five Heartbeats, those are my two favorites. Dogs or cats? Uh, dogs, but I love cats. You know, I, the, the balance of the cats. Planes, trains, or automobile? Uh, I've never been to well, yeah, it'd be planes, yeah. Uh, favorite music? Uh, Tex-Mex. Uh, favorite holiday? Uh, I gotta say it's Christmas. Best walkout song you've ever been a part of? The Rocky theme. Dun, dun, da, da, dun, da, dun, dun, dun. How can you not beat that? Right, right. Uh, best fighter entrance. Uh, wow, Deontay Wilder did pretty good. Uh, Hector Macho Camacho, there's too many of them. Too many right? of them, okay. All right, man, that's 12 rounds in 60 seconds. I want to thank you, Stitch, for, uh, for being on those championship rounds. It was a pleasure, and I know we're going to do this again. Um, we'll be answering questions. I'll have, you know, ask Stitch. And uh, hopefully we'll get, you know, a, a little community going where people can, you know, write in their questions, whether it be about Cutman or just the boxing business or behind the scenes. I'm sure that um, we'll get something together. But um, any shout outs you want to want to send before yeah. we close? Yeah. Well, yeah. I just wanted to finish up and saying, you know, we're using uh, this, I guess I could say, with all fairness, mm -hmm. is that we're using the Stitch Premium tapes and my KO swells and the wrist wrap uh, for this movie Creed 2. But. Uh, also, I just happened to see the Cutman for Hire wrist wrap on the other corner. Mm -hmm. So I think we're being uh, well represented. Well represented in this, but it makes sense because you know the things that we do are for the safety of the fighter, not for you to be bragging and showing off oh, on yourself. Yeah, exactly, these are tools that are making a difference in that corner. So why not yeah. have them in a, in a you know in a world class movie? So yeah, yeah has to be authentic you know yes, but exactly. uh, you're, you're doing a great job man with the products and you know i'm always telling people you know for trainers and cutmen you go to cutmanforhiresupplies.com that's, that's what it's designed for it's designed for us but the thing about it you're in the trenches so you know what it takes to get the tools that we need as a matter of fact i need you to send me some new scissors man i'll talk to you when i got you get off the phone because uh yeah, yeah, yeah i've been cool. i've been wrapping hands and all that and <laughs> uh, I'll touch base with you, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a, a blast. Yeah, we'll take care of you with that. Um, any where where can people find you on social media? Well, any what are your uh, uh, best ways? Well, social it, media. Uh, I'm at Stitch Duran, and uh, I, I always answer questions, you know, and all that. But and and the uh, the the girl Mitt, the Mick girl, uh, she's in the movie here also, and. Uh, you know, she's the one that says you got to get this special blue thing on your oh, yes. Instagram and all that. And, you know, I'm pretty, pretty simple on that, but maybe I should bump it up some more. For sure. No, no, no. That helps. So it's at Stitch Duran on, on uh, Instagram. That's yes. Can find you. yes. All right, Stitch. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, spending, uh, you know, time with us uh, this evening. And I know we're three, you're three hours ahead. So it's a little yeah. late out in, out in, uh, in Atlanta, but. I just want to say thank you and God bless you. And we'll be talking soon. Anytime, man. And congratulations. What a beautiful show you have. And great thank questions. You, thank you.
it's it's good conversation, man. So you need you need like two hour shows, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll get there, and um, I hope to have you on soon. Take care. Anytime. Oh, pleasure. Thank right, you, Juan. Thank, thank you guys for listening to Los Championship Rounds, and um, stay tuned. We got a new uh, another episode next week. Take care. Bye bye.